Yo. What up? I love that I waited until we started to try to disrobe. Yep. You're literally disrobing. It is because I'm taking my robe off. Uh huh. Yeah. And now he's naked. <laughs> Are you supposed to wear clothes under these things? Uh, I don't think I've ever worn clothes under a robe. I haven't worn a robe that often. But I don't think I've ever worn clothes under a robe. I wear a robe all the time. <laughs> that sounds. I mean, I probably would. If if I found a comfy robe that fit me, I might. I found those things, and it's wonderful. Mm. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I think that's just like fully uh, embracing the dadness mm-hmm. of myself. <laughs> like I'm just like, give me a fucking robe. I don't give a shit. I will go check the mail on that shit. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, I take out the garbage in my underwear. Yeah. The first time I did it, I was like. It's like 11 o'clock at night. I guess, I mean, I'm not probably, people probably won't see me. Like, I don't want to be that house, but what now I'm just like, yeah, I'm fucking taking out the garbage. It's Sunday night. Yeah. I, I was thinking before you got here, I was listening to M Ward, who I talked to you about, who I don't think you ever listened to that thing, that link that I sent you. Like he's the, he's the him of she and him. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it sounded like gothic surf music. Uh, yeah, that was definitely like a surfy song. It's not normally a surfy thing. But anyway, uh, not that song. But I want to make like a dad playlist because uh, uh, a few songs before you walked in, it was mm-hmm. called I Sit Around the House. <laughs> I'm sitting around the house and I was like, I can get into this song. This yeah. is my jam. And uh, uh, another guy named Robbie Folks has a song uh it's called I Like Being Left Alone. Like, and I saw him live, and the first time I heard that song, he was like talking about how he used to write songs about what he wanted. Like, mm-hmm. he, he was sitting around thinking about this, right? He's like, Man, I used to talk about how I wanted to be in love, and then I got my wife, and then I, I wanted this out of life, I wanted that out of life, and I'm in my 40s now. And I was thinking, like, What do I like? And then he wrote the song called I Like Being Left Alone. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, I've never related to a song more. Like, <laughs> like when you're all teen angsty and things like that, and uh, you know, you're you're you think you're the only one that feels emotions. Like you, you're really into songs. You're like this artist gets me. I had that yeah. same feeling when he wrote the song. I like being left alone. <laughs> like, just fucking get out of my face. I want to be by myself. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like every a man t- in his early thirties relating to a song about being left alone. Yeah. That's what I want. <laughs> I want to be by myself. Uh, the, like I, I just read read a book. You know, one of the characters is it's in tons of tons of stuff where they're like the hermit that just like wants society to be away from them, and they just mm-hmm. want to be. Yeah, and I was like, I can see. <laughs> I'm never going to leave my wife or kids. Mm-hmm. But should I end up by myself? I could totally see myself just being like, I'm fucking done. Yep. I don't need to ever see anyone again. <laughs> Just wall up in a house mm-hmm. somewhere and uh, be by myself. And as long as it has internet, I'm cool. Yeah. So good week for you. Anything going on? Just getting ready for the, the moment it oh, happens. Oh yeah, the mother-in-law, not yeah. mother-in-law. The I, the proto mother-in-law. Yeah. Mother and proto-law. I don't know. The full mother-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you guys have like been anticipating this forever. So she's never been to your house? No, she's 
Marianne has been here almost a decade, and she's never come to visit. Marianne wow. goes out there like every year. Mm-hmm. She's never come here to visit. Hmm. Even when she like graduated college, she still didn't come out. It's a big deal. Yeah. And you're right in the middle of it. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, she's not staying in the house. But, yeah, it's going to be a week. Like, we're trying to get her to meet my parents, and it's like, okay. First off, like, they have nothing in common. So how are we even going to, like, get them to meet? Talking about going out to dinner. And then she's like, well, my mom probably won't want to uh, go out to eat and spend money. If she does, it'll probably be like a Thai restaurant. My family is like white Midwestern corn fed. (laughs) Like, yeah. Yeah, they only eat corn. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) So, yeah. Figuring Uh, out the pretense for them to meet will be fun. Just have them both over to your place, and then you can make corn and Thai. We have corn, corn bread, corn mush, corn meal, mm-hmm. uh, corn casserole is corn, a favorite. Corn casserole, mm-hmm. <laughs> corn on the cob, fried shrimp, fr- uh, and Thai food yeah. right there on the same table. Well, that's just like the tiny spicy corn. There's tiny spicy corn. You there's the tiny corn, mm-hmm. which is like popular in a lot of asian dishes yeah and then you just make that spicy and you call it thai food oh i thought there was like an actual spicy corn that grew spicy no uh corn is my go-to when everybody complains about uh genetically modified stuff or uh anything along those lines Mm -hmm. because corn is not real yeah like corn Corn and bananas corn is like the most basic like well it comes from the earth it's pure it's fine like Mm -hmm. no fuck corn does not work that way like the like when you really step back and think about it it makes sense i know you know this but but like a corn on the cob if that was actually so so those the the kernels or Mm -hmm. seeds right so that would be a terrible way for a plant to reproduce because there's what 300 kernels on every piece of corn Mm -hmm. so if that fell down it would snuff itself out right like there would be way too many all, all around it uh yeah and it was like the aztecs right i mean it's it's been all throughout yeah it's been yeah. A, but a, i think a it was like process, the, yeah. the aztecs like started realizing oh shit this piece of corn because normally corn has like six kernels on it yeah. oh this one has 10 let's make this with the one that's got 12 and it kept going forever mm-hmm. so that's like corn is not real yeah corn's not real is my point and it all used to be like they're not like little niblets. It all used to be basically popcorn kernels. Yeah, like it was hard as a rock, even as far back as, as soon back as like three or four hundred years ago. Like the maize they ate at Thanksgiving was basically like they chomped down popcorn kernels. Teeth not so great back then. <laughs> I can't imagine eating one. Yeah, let alone them eating them like a bowl of Skittles. I just implied that I eat bowls full of Skittles. I that's mean, how you. That's, that's the how, serving size, right? That's what it says on the back. One bowl. <laughs> well, I eat it like like cereal. Like mm-hmm. I would get a bowl and then just pour milk in. Yeah. And then uh, spoonfuls. That's one of my favorite. I, there's a there was a show in the UK called the IT Crowd about IT work people, and uh, 
She's like, well, what did you have for breakfast? And he said, Smarties cereal. And she's like, oh, my God, I didn't even know Smarties made a cereal. <laughs> and she, he goes, they don't. <laughs> Implying that he would just take in a bunch of Smarties mm-hmm. and pour them into a bowl. Maybe added milk. And I had that for his breakfast. Because that's how adults work when they work in IT fields. We're not adults at all. Hmm. We're just well-paid children. Like an Olsen twin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we're, we're killing thing. our own our little Heath Ledgers all around the world. What? Heath Ledger died at Mary Kate's in Mary Kate's apartment. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't realize that. Yeah, I assume he was dating one of them. I I don't know if he was dating or they were friends or I don't know the exact relationship there. I that's thing I care. I just yeah. that's I did. But like know her that. housekeeper is the one that found him. I think. <sighs> well, thanks for bringing me down now. Uh, hey, remember when you started the podcast with your friend dying of a presumed heroin overdose? Yeah. It's a good episode. All I did was <laughs> reference a popular actor who we have plenty of fond memories of who died. Uh, so I actually have a follow-up to something. We always ask tons of questions, mm-hmm. never have answers. Sure. So I have answers to a question okay. that we posed last week. Okay. Uh, remember we talked about Mark Allen Gunnels mm-hmm. uh, with the, the story with questioning uh, uh, pronouns and things. Yes. Uh, got contact with him and he got me an answer. Awesome. Uh, so the answer is the end result was that about this is I'm reading his message. We can tell. The end result was about 70% saw a gay couple, 30 a straight couple. So 70, 30. Most of that 70% said they thought gay because I'm gay. Makes me wonder if things would have been different if the readers knew nothing about me. Then again, the 30% knew I was gay, but said they were kind of conditioned that when they see husband, they automatically think wife. So it was kind of feeding into our thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that's, good... kind of, that's kind of exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. So interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really like the idea of, of wishing we could come up with a way to just do that completely blind. Right, um, I mean, because yeah. he even said that it was skewed because seventy percent right knew he was gay, so that's what they're interpreting it as. So I think I think that text would be uh, again having not read it, but knowing you have read it and knowing um, the results from that, that text I think could be important in like psychological and sociological studies. You know, you could have gay straight blah 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 people read it you could introduce different variables like uh when they when they heard that a man wrote it when they heard that a woman wrote it when they heard that a gay man wrote it when they heard that a gay woman wrote it you know yeah and then like gather all sorts of data like that yeah it's a really interesting that's what my brain wants to do yeah uh he never sold this or anything so i think he'd be cool with me sending it to you uh I can do that if you're interested. Cool. Uh, he also had a, uh, threw in something about our conversation about the pronouns. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he said, as for your discussion on is it disingenuous for men to use female pronouns as default, I have a different take. It isn't disingenuous, but it is intentional. Uh, a concerted effort to break their individual den- gender biases, just my take. And I think you were definitely harder on that than I was. And I think that I do 
disagree with the word disingenuous because you can't put their intention into it. Sure. I think I could agree with the white knighty thing that you said. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you kind of need that white knight for every everything, right? Like there would we wouldn't progress on anything if we didn't have that person that was willing to take the mantle and lead the charge, which is what the white knight does, right? No, the white knight is someone who doesn't have those problems but slings them onto his shoulder and says i'll lead the way okay but why is that which is not always needed Mm. and in fact sometimes it's skewed because then that person gets all the credit i'm not hungry but that doesn't mean that i shouldn't advocate for people that are hungry to be able to get food right okay so it's like uh like martin luther king right he was surrounded by a lot of black people, but he also had white followers as well. And, you know, if Martin Luther King was, you know, out there leading the way and everything, and everyone was like, yeah, Martin Luther King, he's got it. And look at Steve. Steve is with him. Let's go, Steve. Steve will lead the way. And then Steve takes up the mantle. Like, yeah, that's that's a little white nighty. I'm assuming Steve is white in your in your argument. <laughs> yes, Steve was the whitest name okay. I could think of, right there. I can think of a lot of black Steve. Well, no, I don't know that I can think of any black Steves. I can think of a lot of Steve, Steve Harvey. Harvey. <laughs> but I know, I know there's, a lot of, there's a lot of Stevens like Stephen A. Smith, Steph Curry. Ste- I don't. I, I am not a big Steve Harvey guy, but I don't have anything against him. Yeah. But I love that you and I were both like that was our yeah. that was our go to Steve Harvey. <laughs> yeah. Who hosts Family Feud, one of the whitest shows on television. So <laughs> uh so the other thing that, that I, I start I I came back a lot to that conversation and like in that short story throughout mm-hmm. the week. And the other time that I came to it is um finishing up a Clive Barker book right now. Uh, and, uh, there's a, a gay character and the protagonist is gay mm-hmm. and he is referencing uh, a guy that he used to date and they broke up. He got dumped by him cause the guy was like, uh, you know, the stereotypical thing of I'm not ready to commit or whatever. Sure. Right. Like yeah. it's not you, it's me. I'm not ready to move in. Yeah. Right. Well, and it's, and so he says that he didn't hear from him until six months, a year later or whatever he got. Uh, an invite to his wedding, right? So I'm reading this and I'm like, well, that sucks. He's like, I'm not ready to commit to anybody. Yeah. I just kind of want to be a free spirit. Mm-hmm. Six months later, I'm going to get married. So obviously you're the problem. You suck. Right. I'm marrying this guy right now, mm-hmm. right? That's what I'm reading it as. And it keeps going. And I realize how different it reads in 2019 instead of 1996 when this was written because the guy was marrying a woman. Okay. Right. But in 1996, when you're reading that, you knew as soon as he said he's getting married. Yeah. That that Assuming meant this is the United States. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if there were any countries in 96. But yes. Assuming from that. Yes. Continue. You don't know if there were any countries in 1996. That allowed gay marriage. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I started a thought and then. Back off of it. <laughs> anyway, so I think that that like I had a totally different read of it in 2019 mm-hmm. to where I 100% just blew by it. Like, all yeah. right, he broke up with this guy. Now he's marrying this guy. Mm-hmm. 
and and then the bomb was dropped on me when he referenced his wife that yeah. I was like, oh shit, I was supposed to know this was a woman he was marrying this long ago. Yeah. And I had no idea. Uh, and it's, that's cool. Yeah. But at the same time, like I'm trying to put myself in that headspace of like the intention of Barker when he's writing this, what that's supposed to mean. So, uh, you don't know, it's just, it's context and it's things like that. So yeah, it's really cool. That's yeah. like, you know, it's like reading Huckleberry Finn or something like that, where, uh, like that is, that is like a very influential book and it is satirizing bigotry in a way, but then it's just full of the N word and it's hard to look past that. Yeah. I always think about, uh. And it's dumb. It's it's, but it's true. It's the Family Guy joke. Do you know which joke I'm referencing? So it like does the random cutaway, right? Oh, you mean the concept? I thought you were specifically yes, the concept of the Family Guy joke. Yes. Uh, so the so the concept of the Family Guy joke, and it's this cutaway thing, and it's uh, him on the raft, and he's like, uh, he's he's super angry and he's mad, right? And yeah. Huck Finn's like, I'm sorry, I really just thought that was your name, yeah. you know, and. Like, in that context, it kind of was his name, right? Right. Like, and it's the, yeah, it's crazy. My OCD makes you, makes me have to finish the joke. Oh, go ahead. Which is, can you hand me the or N-word, Jim? Yes. Yeah. So. My brain uh, sucks sometimes. That's okay. Um, But yeah, so that's why, uh, that was my thing, like, that kept coming back to me like this concept. And then that was the big one that was in my face when I was reading that book. That's um, cool. Yeah. History, it, man. Yeah, it is. And it's cool. Cause so this was written, written presumably in the early nineties released in 96. Um, and you've got a gay protagonist having came through the eighties. Uh, and he references the plague and mm-hmm. stuff like that a lot. And it's really cool because he never says the word AIDS throughout the book. Yeah. Um, it, and it almost makes it sound like, you know, the black death or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that community, that's kind of what it was. And it's it was, totally what it was. And yeah. it was, uh, yeah, it's cool. It's, it's cool reading it as a time capsule. Except almost. people cared about the black death. That was the thing. Nobody cared that all the gay people were getting AIDS. That was the problem. Yeah. Least of all Reagan. Politics. We should name another highway after him. <laughs> Yes. Is it is that what every that's what the Republicans are doing is naming everything in the world after Ronald Reagan, right? Yeah, because they Okay, so Ronald I'm in Indiana, so this is a controversial statement, but Ronald Reagan was not a good president. All presidents do good things. Bush did good things. I will admit Trump has done at least one or two good things since the time that he's been in office. Uh but presidents do bad things also. And I think Reagan did a lot more bad things than good things. Most of all, Reaganomics. Reaganomics failed our country. So did the war on drugs. And uh, there was the whole Iran-Contra and all this stuff. Anyway, so there's the, there's the very common phrase, which is history is written by the victors. That's what they're trying to do. You know, they get into office and then they want to plaster all this Reagan stuff and totally whitewash all the the things away. Have we talked about Harry Balls? 
You mean f- former F- Fort Wayne mayor and town icon Harry Balls? Yes. Have we talked about this? I don't know. So there's a so those of you that are not in our uh, second biggest city in Indiana, mm-hmm. uh, the undisputed uh, great mayor of Fort Wayne. Yeah. Uh, his name was Harry Balls. Mm-hmm. It's great. Undisputed, bipartisan. Everybody is like, this is he's the fucking man, right? Mm-hmm. Like everybody. So they're going to name this building after this guy. Totally deserves it. But his name was Harry Balls. So there's yeah. the huge controversy over whether they name it like the Harry Balls building. Uh, yeah, there's Harry. There's the Harry Balls Street or Court or whatever. Yeah. Um, that yeah. sucks for that dude that like, there's nobody saying he doesn't deserve it. It's 100% just can we name a building Harry Balls building. It sucks for Harry Balls. Yeah. <laughs> uh I know nothing about him, by the way, Me other either. than that he's universally adored. Like, but that could be total but it's bullshit probably too. Probably history <laughs> uh, by the victors. Yeah, thing. exactly. Um, yeah, want to dive into Swarm of the Snakehead? If I'm only because we're obligated to. <laughs> what are you talking about? You didn't like it? No. Give us a synopsis, and then we'll talk about this. Uh, Swarm of the Snakehead is about these snake-headed fish that walk on land, attacking a town. And, hey, guys, you ever seen Jaws? What if it was terrible? (laughs) Uh, So I'd ask you your thoughts, but obviously you thought it was terrible. Here's the thing. Number one, with a bullet, comedy is the hardest type of movie to make. Maybe not, you know, technically, or, you know, it's not big budget, CGI, all shit. But to to do comedy well, I think is the absolute hardest, and this fails so hard. Do you didn't think it was funny? I think there are a couple funny parts, but I think there's more where you're just like, ah, it's, uh, it's, uh. I think I have a totally different take on this movie than you do. Okay, that's fun. Uh, let's dive in. Yeah, we start off with. Four production logos at the beginning of this. All of them look like they were made in 20 minutes by a high school student. Okay, here's the thing. I was going to try to be devil's advocate for as long as I could, and I'm officially tapping out. Okay? <laughs> this was the worst piece of shit I think we've ever... Like, we say this a lot. I was going to try to go okay. through like the whole thing, and I can't do it. I just can't... I, my respect for you was going very down very hard. I was going to try to, like... I can't. I can't. This movie is rated 3.9 on IMDb, and there has never been a more overrated movie. <laughs> not like I'm not, there, I, there's like five reviews, and one of them is a seven star, and one of them is a ten. Who I'm got to be confident as somebody from involved in the production, probably the star. Uh, because they did give a special shout out to the mayor in that, so it might might be a mayor's family member. Yeah. Uh, I can't. I can't pretend. Like to, I was. Gonna, I was going to try to do this thing where, like, the whole time I just disagreed with you. Uh huh. I and can't. You're out already. Is, I'm out. I, I'm tapping, like, <laughs> if this was a UFC fight, I'm out just as the bell sounded because this was. <sighs> here, here's the thing. Let me get the. Let me say the nice things for this for these filmmakers from the beginning. True. All right. You guys made a movie. Yeah, they they that's did a awesome. thing. They made a thing. That is genuinely not even being sarcastic. Yeah, that's awesome. They made a fucking movie. Here's something else I will say. When the creature is not CGI 
and it's not moving, it looks good. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> as I long like, as both of those things are true, it looks good. Uh, I like the uh, the name Swarm of the Snakehead. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. I won't disagree. So, biggest thing, you guys made a movie that is more than I've done, so I'm mm-hmm. conceding that fact immediately. Other than that, I hated every frame of this thing. Yeah. Where do Go we ahead. Where so do we got, start out in this movie? Uh, the very first shot is a guy in the woods, uh-huh. and you called it. <laughs> <laughs> you 100% called it. Good for you. You nailed it. <laughs> Though, to be fair, there's a lot of this movie that isn't in the woods. It's true. There's Some of it's plenty. by a pond. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, there is, there's a guy in the water. Uh, and then in the third shot, there's a car in the woods. So not only did you get a person in the woods, but you get a car in the woods, Justin, mm-hmm. you won, you won, <laughs> you won your prediction of that being and taking place in the woods. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's like the, like there's some panting and running through the woods, mm-hmm. but the first big sound effect we hear is a Wilhelm scream. It's the only one they do in the movie, and they do it right off the bat, and it is louder than anything else in the rest of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's like they grabbed a file off the internet, dropped it in, and didn't adjust the levels (laughs) accordingly. They did a lot. The the sound effects (laughs) downloading in this movie took longer than the shoot itself. There's a lot of sound effects in this movie. Do you remember uh, you didn't watch the credits of RWD, but it was just all the sound effects? Oh, yeah. You <laughs> like I kind that. of expected the same thing <laughs> yes. in the end of this movie. Uh, yeah, the sound effects in this movie are atrocious. Like and There is a point where our, the main, uh, our main comedic character, and I use the word comedic strictly yeah. as a factual term. The guy from the cover. Yeah. Uh, his eyes shift back and forth and there's a sound effect for his eyes as they go doot, 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 as they bounce back and forth. Mm-hmm. It didn't sound like that at all, by the way. <laughs> See, and those are the kind of things where it can, uh, that can be funny, but it like either your whole movie has to be that or the rest of your movie isn't that. And the problem is like the movie didn't know what it wanted to be. And so it's just a bunch of random jokes that are thrown in there in awkward spots that have varying levels of tone. And so, like, this whole movie has a tone problem. And also, like, it's just a problem. It's just just poorly made. So not only that, but I have a very hard time trying to justify why I don't enjoy this but I enjoy blood diner. Right. And I'm not a big trauma guy, but, but why do I enjoy, I'll say blood diner again. So much like it's a hard thing for me to justify one versus the other, because objectively blood diner is not good. Uh, it is very dumb. This movie is dumb. Like on a lot of levels, they're the same kind of thing. And that's, the thing that I've said, I'm glad we don't have a podcast about comedy because we would just say, I didn't think that was funny. I thought that was funny. And there's no, there can't be any going back and forth about that. Right. So how do I justify Blood Diner? Yes. Swarm of the Snakehead? No. Because Blood Diner was semi-competently made, whereas this wasn't. Uh, And 
Blood Diner, I feel like, had a consistent tone where, like, though these two characters are super serious about this very silly thing and everything is silly around them. I think, but these two characters are very serious so about it. I think that's part of it. I think for to, in order to be successful with a lot of these things, you have to make sure that the joke is not on the joke is not on the adversary and the individuals there has to be a they have to be playing it straight right when you, when the character is being funny about it it's usually not funny i don't even think the rules have to be that ironclad you just have to have rules you just have to have a set of rules They're like okay you know these people are silly characters that exist in a real universe or these characters are super serious that exist in a silly universe or something else but you just need rules and then you write around those rules i'll buy that because that's what was like greasy strangler was just this bizarre universe uh-huh. that these people accepted as their universe yeah i didn't like the movie i thought all. it was great but you yeah. did but but, but, but we can both within... agree that it was well made even if it, it, yes. even if you didn't like the tone and sure, i did sure yeah yeah yes exactly like it, it accomplished what it set out to do. It absolutely did that. And this did movie that. did not do that at all. I don't think. I mean, so so on that note of the things not matching at all, mm-hmm. I think. But to the mayor's assistant, yeah. he was all over the map. Like uh-huh. there's times where he like screams like a girl and this high pitched voice yeah. and panics and acts goofy. Another time he's the straight man, and then I, I he's the perfect example of time, I don't know yeah. what his character was. He's. He's sometimes he's the smartest person in the room and sometimes he's the dumbest person in the room. Like they would just trade off. Is the mayor dumb or is he dumb? And it wasn't even like uh, that was the joke because as we can attest in the escape room with your uh, with your uh, handicap or the the handcuff uh, Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. It can genuinely be funny when the smart guy in the room does something really fucking dumb. That's funny. Uh You can get away with that once in a movie. That would be amazing. Mm hmm. Uh, but this, it wasn't that he was having a dumbass attack. He turned dumb for a while. Yes, because that scene required him to be dumb. Rather than building a scene with the proper characters, it's just, okay, he's in this scene, and um, it would be really funny if he said something really dumb here. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so... The Spoiler alert, it wasn't funny. Woman that uh, we find out is the mayor is driving down the road and hits a dude. Yeah, and produces a Wilhelm scream from him. Uh, and she's like, fuck this. I'm not going to deal with this. She Yeah, she gets out of the car and is like, are you okay? And he runs away. Uh, and then she's just, well, okay. She gets out of the car. She's not like, are you okay? She's like, uh, my car's fucked up. And then... Luckily, he gets up and runs away and then gets aided. Uh, and then this is where I realize this movie is going to be terrible. And then the uh, the snakehead thing like jumped in her car. Yes, this is a problem that I have with so many of these things. It's the same problem I had with hobgoblins. Does this, do these snakehead float? Like in the air, how the fuck did it not only jump up there, but it managed to stay in there? It's not like it was wedged in the wind window. Well, she rolls up the window and it makes a choking sound. 
That's true. But how did it stay there in the meantime? That's re- well, yeah. It, these things cannot float. They can be anywhere that they want at any given time. Yeah. Honestly, in this particular scene, I'll forgive it because this is one of the few moments I thought was genuinely funny, right? Uh, so it like attacks her and then she rolls up the window and it's like choking. And so she's just having a fight with this thing while trying to drive and uh, it's stuck in her window. And then she grabs a pencil and stabs it in the eye. And I was like, F- cool. You know, like, oh, now this thing's going to have, like, an eye out and, like, uh, want revenge or something. Uh, And then it, like, she finally shoves it out and then it's, like, by the the sign and it's, like, it laughs. Yes. And I was like, okay, that wasn't good, but I get your tone. Um, Let's do this. And then the very next scene was awful and that's when I wrote... Oh, this is just going to be the worst, isn't it? <laughs> this, I genuinely think this is the worst movie we've watched. You throw it's that a lot. You throw that out a lot. I'm going to say that. Uh, we need to talk about the snakehead for a minute. So sometimes they're CGI. Sometimes they are uh, uh, a rubber puppet. Uh-huh. I'm fine with both. I'm even okay with the shitty, shitty CGI if they're make like I can look away from that. Sure. If that's what's required. Yeah. But. They're both bad, um, but even so, I don't care. Here's the thing: the snakehead can growl and laugh mm-hmm. and kind of communicate. Sure. I this isn't just a killer fish movie. This isn't like a territory thing. This isn't an invasion thing. These are kind of of intelligent creatures. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. I we don't under I don't understand that. Like I don't I. I, I don't buy these creatures. Yeah, they're just like everything else in this movie. They weren't thought out. They are exactly what they need to be in each scene. I would agree with that. Yeah. Again, I'm okay with any of those things. It could have been a fucking genius fish that could fly if they made it a genius fish that could fly. Yeah. I'll buy into that. Cool. Now let's see what this giant fish, genius fish that can fly can do. Yes. But that's not what it is. It's no. whatever they want at any given point. Yeah. So then she goes to a party and walks outside to meet uh, what we think is going to be the big boss for the movie. Guess what? He's not in the movie ever again. Uh, and he reaches out and uh, touches her neck where she had been bit and licks the blood from his fingers. Who the fuck does that? Uh, Did they think that that would be funny? I, I don't know so many of these things. Like in this same same scene, she rubs her teeth, and you hear like squeak 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 squeak. Mm-hmm. Is that a joke in and of itself? It could be. Like again, if that's your tone, and that it's a heightened universe, like cartoony, slightly heightened universe. But that's the problem: is they have that tone sometimes and not other times and so nothing makes sense so you don't okay i'm gonna i almost made a co-worker die yesterday here's what happened we were talking in chat and he i was hoping you like just stabbed him you <laughs> like i was arrested <laughs> no he's like a few cubicle rows away right and we're talking in chat and he uh like makes a joke, 
But in the joke, he spells something wrong. But here's the thing. If he, if what he actually spelled was what he meant, it's a really funny, clever joke. But he is never, he's not good at spelling at all. And, uh, and so that's why I wrote, I wrote back to him, like, this is why you can never make puns because you're, it's either really clever or really sad. And I don't know which to which he cracked up laughing and choked and like had to leave for the day (laughs) two hours early because of that. It was great. But this is the same thing here. You can do all those things, but if that's not what you do on a regular basis, I can't trust that you, like you're going to guide me through this. Like yeah. Is that a mistake? Is that like what is that? So that's it's the same thing here. I think. Uh we meet Daryl Denahi Delhay. Delhay uh who thinks he's Jim Carrey. Right? Uh, like sure. I mean he's he, he's a he, macho Jim Carrey. He's a macho over overacting eyebrow raised uh uh odd uh way that he's delivering his lines and just overacting his ass off. Right. Right. A macho Jim Carrey, I think, is he, the best way to He's what if Nathan Fillion was terrible. Is Nathan Fillion overacting stuff like that? The only thing I know him from is like he was in a, uh, a sci-fi thing. I think I only know his Firefly? name from like, yeah, I don't think I know him from actual things. Firefly was maybe his most serious role, even though it's still a comedy. Uh, you probably, you never saw Dr. Horrible sing along blog. Mm-mm. Just, yeah. It, it, listeners out there. Imagine, uh, Captain Hammer from Dr. Horrible, except it's actually horrible. I'm going to trust you on that. Yep. Uh, but the, he, he, he doesn't stop, Mm-mm. which I guess, I guess to his credit, he's committed to this the whole time. Sure. Uh, but it taint good. But again, some, when a scene calls for him to be competent, he's competent. When it calls for him to be incompetent, he's incompetent. Yeah. Uh, he did make a joke very early on that I thought was funny. Mm-hmm. He says, now there's a fish I'd like to mount. Uh, and I thought that was a funny <laughs> sexual innuendo. <laughs> so kudos, kudos to that line. Did you watch Futurama? Yeah. Uh, I've forgotten his name. The captain. Uh, Kiff is his, is his zig zig. It's Z. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. He's, he's captain him. Z. He's him, but not good. Sure. I don't even know that because it's not like he's horned up the whole time. Well, he's not horny like that, but he's very cocksure and manly and actually none of those things. That's good. Yeah, he's Captain Z uh, melded with the overacting of Jim Carrey. Yeah. If you watched watched Dumb and Dumber or Ace Ventura now at 35 for the first time, you would hate it, right? I don't think so. You don't think so? I never was a huge Dumb and Dumber fan, and as I've gotten older, I've appreciated it more. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I watched all of those recently with my kids, Mm -hmm. and they love them because they're 
nine and five. So they love blowjob jokes. Somebody talking out of their butts is hilarious. <laughs> uh, and I love them too, but I have to feel like that's a nostalgia factor. Yeah. Like even more so than them. I feel like if I were to rewatch Austin Powers, I would be like, we Ooh. were just, we were just talking about Captain, or Captain, God damn it. We were just talking about Austin Powers the other day. <laughs> he was promote. He was, <laughs> he was promoted. And someone was trying to convince me that two was better than one. And I, I, disagreed i thought two was good but not as good as one and then he reminded me that mini me is isn't in the first one and then i realized that i don't know like the different like the first two movies are the same movie in my brain i think i just know the third one's the bad one i worked with a guy that a hundred percent looked like fat bastard (laughs) (laughs) and i could never tell him that because it was like you could tell somebody like like i told the guy at work a guy at work that he looked like uh Chaz Bono uh, uh, and he we get along enough he was like I can actually see that that sucks for me <laughs> but I couldn't tell somebody that he but you couldn't like, be like no 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 like Chaz Bono in the turn back time video I don't know I don't know what that is you know the video if I could turn back yeah, time I mean I know when she's song. on the ship and she's... I don't know this I don't know the video what it's like it's the share video it's like that and believe are the share videos if I could turn she's like on a She's on a ship, like performing for soldiers, soldiers, seamen, and uh, navy guys, the sailors. They're like they look like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, but smaller. You can describe this as much as you want. <laughs> I have no idea what you're describing. Sailors Just, is what I was, because I call them soldiers, which is the army term, mm-hmm. instead of the navy term. She's on a boat with sailors, performing for them in a rock concert, and. 15 year old Chaz Bono is playing guitar. Yeah, that's it. Was he transitioning already at that point? Did mm-hmm. he? No. I think he he was in his. She was in her 20s before. That's a good question. Yeah. When you transition, do we reference your pronoun for what you identified at at that point? I or do so. we change it? No, I, I think it's what you, you are at the current time even if you're talking about the past i would think but i don't know that's that's me just trying to come up with a rule on the fly but that's what i would assume it would be you think so so when we talk about uh jenner we say when Mm -hmm. she won the gold in the olympics i would think so yeah okay I'm not saying one's right or the other. Not I just. You I've could never... say when Bruce Jenner won, if you like. Okay, just to, to try to make sure, yeah, try to make sure that but you're safe. I think like it's you could say. Do her you say as Bruce well. Jenner, or would you say what's her what's Kaylin? Uh, is it Cat Catlin Jenner? Caitlin? It's Caitlin Jenner. Yeah. Okay. But do you do you say Caitlin Jenner won the gold? I don't know in the Olympics. I don't know if we've decided that as a society. Well, I think it's still individual, right? I mean, there are times you have to talk about a person when they're not there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I guess we get into the whole, like, writers using f- f- feminine pronouns thing, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have answers for this. I like talking about this so much more than Swarm of the Snake <laughs> It's so bad, right? <laughs> All okay, right. here's what I want to talk about. Gunner Hansen. Oh, Gunner Hansen. Gunner. Yeah, I'll cash that paycheck, Hansen. Yeah. 
Gunnar Panson shows up for one scene, walks in, walks into a like a auditorium, like a school gym, says, "Y'all know who I am. I'm gonna go get him," and then walks out and gets hit by a car, yeah. and cashes his paycheck. Yeah, guaranteed to be the the most expensive thing for this movie. Oh yeah, you know they paid him five grand. Yeah, I'm making that number up for one day worth of work, mm-hmm. one half day worth of work probably. <laughs> So oh, then you don't make his... Gunnar Hansen do more than one take. Yeah, uh, I did. I th- and and weirdly, he was still the best actor of the movie. Uh huh. <laughs> like the guy that is known for not saying anything mm-hmm. in his most famous role, best yeah. actor in the movie. <laughs> yeah, just the guy who just grunts and groans, <laughs> delivered lines the best. <laughs> no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we they use stock footage of the Amazon River mm-hmm. <laughs> to show you. This body of water that the snakehead is coming from, and you see it, and I'm like, that is the Amazon River. Like, there is no, that's like being like, I just built a new building. It's the most impressive building in the city of Indianapolis, and they show you the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> like, <laughs> but also, you could tell that it, like, it was, even if you didn't recognize that it was the Amazon River, you knew that it was stock footage because it didn't look like it was shot on a Sony Handycam. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't i was just amazed like i doubted myself like i saw that i was like that's the amazon river and i was like they couldn't have used the amazon let me google amazon that's the absolutely <laughs> like <laughs> the amazon river like it was like they went to wikipedia to look to I just stole the image from from there i have a bunch of notes that i don't even care about just just it's just a list, it's just a list of grievances <laughs> I think it's, I the, have, it's the I'm it's just the 99 grievances I'm gonna I have so many I have so many notes for this too go ahead uh hey you remember when <laughs> it's just a cartoon brick wall and they scroll up a cartoon brick wall to a cartoon city and it's actually an establishing shot for Baltimore Maryland <laughs> <laughs> that's how you do that right that's called a matte painting in the in the in the in the, in the business. I thought we were going to go back and forth. On oh, a rapid, I'm sorry. Rapid I'm sorry. Style. Uh, I've got blonde slutty girl goes to open mail to Daryl, the manly fisherman, and then cut to flashback of kid the way fishy being told by snakehead to take over the world. Worst editing ever. I don't know what that means, really. Okay, so there's a slutty girl, uh, and they, they bounce back and forth, and it, it ends up being like a memory of the snakehead. Yeah. Uh, so this was shot in 2006, made in 2006. Yep. Uh, the, uh, newscaster's name is Sandy Redhook. Yeah. It's kind of unfortunate. Uh, I was looking at that and I was like, ooh, this doesn't feel good. It's like the Michael Keaton movie called The Squeeze where it's the Twin Towers that are like crumbling and he's, he's as tall as the Twin Towers and they're squeezing him around mm. it's just like ugh, it feels dirty old sandy red hook okay i did we watch a movie for the podcast where they go to the twin towers uh we watched no we watched no, uh, the uh, movie where they referenced the twin towers and bombs and terrorists and stuff it, it, was, it was a the lift. Uh, it was the lift it was a red letter media uh thing there was it was a movie that it was it was a 
VHS that was put out like as a movie and was obviously supposed to be like a a pilot for a kid show about uh, a boy and a girl who realize that they both have the same imaginary friend and so then they like steal mannequin and shit and he becomes real and (laughs) uh, his amulet gets stolen right and so they're like the antagonist tells him a riddle that it's like at the tallest place and they're in central park and they look up and the tallest place is the twin towers uh, and then he's like, uh, he, the, the little boy's like, oh, my dad told me about this tower and it has a twin and blah, blah, blah. And then like, yeah, they have to go to the Twin Towers and it's it's just, I don't know, watching it in 2019, pretty hilarious. Also sad, but also do you, hilarious. Do you realize we can almost legally have sex with someone that wasn't born when the towers fell? Mm-hmm. Do you know how old that makes me feel? Do you realize that we could have legally married them in this state a year ago? And then had sex with them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The, the, another credit to this movie that's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. This is not Turbo Kid that tries to make it look like retro-y, but it has the amazing ability to be made in 2006 and look like 1996. (laughs) So... Uh, that's how shitty it looks. Yeah. It looks like this is on a VHS. Uh huh. They recorded this on VHS. Yeah, it, like I totally, like I totally think it was shot on Sony Handycams, like completely, one hundred percent. Uh, so at the end, the dad realizes that his dad is the one that like created them, and so he's speeding, uh, <laughs> toward the cabin, uh, and. You know, he's going 110 miles an hour, so obviously we get this awesome police chase, right? No, just cut to a guy, like a cop, pulled them over, saying that he has been going 110 miles an hour. And then the cop is like, I've had a really shitty day. He had, like, you would expect if to deliver that line, he would have to have been dealing with the snakehead things all day. Nope, this is the first time we ever see this cop. He pulls out his gun, which is just a stub-nosed revolver that, like, detectives in the movies had in the 30s, <laughs> and puts it to his temple and tells him to get out of the car. Mm-hmm. And then his girlfriend walks over and punches the cop, and it's supposed to be like, yay, he punched the cop who was doing his job shittily, but still just doing his job. Yes, and these are our, these are definitely the real heroes of the movie. <laughs> these are the, supposed to be the competent people that are in their 40s that yeah. have their act together. She punches a cop in the face. Yes. And it's supposed to be like, yay, I think. I think that's what they're trying to get across. I think so. There's not been a more misguided <laughs> heroic moment since Stiltskin. <laughs> Uh, they're a group of the, so the swarm had ended up attacking like this large get together group and everyone literally sits on their asses and holds the fish puppets to their necks and flops back and forth. Mm-hmm. No one bothers to stand. Yeah. They sit there on their ass as they're pulled to their throats. Mm-hmm. It looks terrible. Yes. Also, uh, Marianne was pissed because the aftermath of that scene 
Like it's very obvious that they just put blood on the floor and then told people to lay down. Like it, the blood doesn't tell a story or anything. Mm-hmm. Or they didn't even like have people lay down and then put the blood on. What did she think about uh, the grandpa's slash father's wig? The white <laughs> wig. I could even tell that one. I don't know if I've ever noticed a wig before. Yeah, that one's real bad. That one is incredibly bad she was too distracted by saying like i know that guy and then i went to imdb and i was like no you You don't don't know that guy uh but she uh, i think she still is a little like i know that i know a guy that looks like that who's in shitty movies and we still haven't figured out who it is and it's probably taking up like five percent of her brain cycles at all at all time there's a a bulletin board I believe that's like hanging somewhere that's showing like it looks like actual like pictures from a corner or something of like a a body that's been decaying or something. And they make like a six year old girl look at it and react to it. That seems illegal. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I had problems with that. Also, like, the the main girl is, like, 12, 14 tops. Yeah. And kind of sexualized? I was wondering that, and I wasn't going to bring it up, but I was wondering as I was watching it if I should bring it up or if it was saying something about me. I do feel like they sexualize that, like, 13 or 14-year-old girl. Like, they have her sunbathing on a dock in short shorts and, like, a bikini top yeah, at one point. Yeah, exactly. And literally the entire scene is her just like laying back on a towel and it's just shots of her like this is where this character is now she's it's not like a scene with her and someone else it's just shots which they cut back to a couple times of her just sunbathing there yeah i'm glad you noticed this too because i was wondering if that was saying something about me that i was wondering that to be fair it could be saying something about both of us uh but i don't the sheer fact that we both know it's not like we were i was uncomfortable with the uh, with the with yeah uh yeah i think that might have been what they were doing and it was definitely not cool especially at the same time as they are making her a romantic interest in the eyes of this little boy yeah uh yeah i mean it is definitely have a romantic connotation these scenes Mm -hmm. so yeah it's which is fine you know that is we've all we've all seen uh my girl it's fine but it's you don't sexualize them like they have young love that's fine you don't sexualize it yes you let 12 year olds at home going yeah fuck i want i want to do something with icebox but i don't quite know what it is yet icebox yeah Uh, okay, so <laughs> they split up. So, girl who gets sexualized and her dad go to the I love lab. That we had the same icebox fantasy. <laughs> who didn't? <laughs> it was kind of cool. Like, oh, she's pretty and she could probably kick my ass. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I think I like it. <laughs> So they go up to the factory and go look at flashbacks with uh, Grandpa Wigs a lot. The two other girls and the girlfriend go to like this cabin or whatever. I don't even know what it is. Okay. So they are in there just trying to, to 
uh, stay safe from the swarm of the snakehead that is outside, right? Uh, the girlfriend finds a hatch and finds that it leads down really far. Really, really far. Really, like, like they somehow found a cabin built over a missile silo. Yes. <laughs> okay. So she tells the girls, you stay here. It's the silo from Rewind. <laughs> we just merge these two together. So she tells the girls, you stay here. I'm going to go investigate. She climbs down the steps, crawls around, finds like this hatch, opens it up, has like the surprised look on her face. We cut back to uh, the, the dad and girl. They save the day cut back to the cabin and she comes up and she's like are you guys okay what the fuck was down there why was that like we don't know what was down there there was nothing down there what what was the point uh well you (laughs) it literally they open up a trap door to nowhere uh, it goes nowhere i'm telling you you gotta there's a there's a an ultimate cut with this and rewind that are mashed together that's what happens (laughs) Uh, but they save the day with a, like a Tesla coil, which makes them all disappear. Yes. Also, he's all, like solely by touching the Tesla coil, they disappear. It's ten thousand volts. Okay, that doesn't tell me what amperage it is. Volts don't kill things. Volts at amperage kill things. Uh, well, the sheer fact that they're touching it shows that it doesn't kill anything. But to make the you, swarm head if disappear. You put it through the wrong end of a a really long extension cord because he grabbed the insulated end instead of the end with the thing that actually transmits electricity. Uh, so if you just touch that and you put the other end in water, then it it creates an EMP that is fine for people. But just for snakeheads, it makes them disintegrate. Uh, it's an FMP, bro. It's a fish magnetic pulse. Oh, okay. So that's what happened. Okay. Only for, only for snakeheads. That all makes sense now. <laughs> like, only for snakeheads, though. Not all fish, apparently. Uh, zero resolution to the... I mean, there no, there's total resolution. Zero explanation. Yes. Why did that work? <laughs> because his dad invented them. <laughs> so, so if his dad was a chef and invented them if they ate a pastrami sandwich that he used to make they would have disappeared yeah okay it's a magic pastrami sandwich <laughs> there's it doesn't make any this movie was not thought out mm-hmm. like there's no explanation given to anything like i said they just you know like you said they just hold them at their throat and jiggle them but those little things looked good. I will 100% give this movie that. Everything else was fucking terrible. From conception to writing to acting. At a 3.9, would you say this movie is overrated? <laughs> I would say that this movie is at least 2.9 points overrated. I would agree. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> at all. No. Um, you got an interstitial for us? 
I never have an interstitial. You really don't, do you? No, you always bring like that's your thing. You like take this time to like play a game or something. Mm. You're like, here's the thing I've been working on while you were jerking your gherkin. Uh, I don't have a thing. The other thing I have, and I really thought about the point of this. I told you my uh, wife and I have uh, started Survivor season one. We're like mm-hmm. 15 now or something like that. Jesus. Um, but uh, so I'm watching this and it's really cool. You know the concept, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's really explain it for the audience. Uh, so a group of people all uh, compete and vote each other off one at a time. So they compete and they pick people uh, to backstab and deceit so that you're the only one left. It's also kind of a survival show, but totally not. I mean, they legit go through that shit. Yeah, and they're probably legit fed sandwiches. I have no reason to think that that's true. I have no reason to think that's not true. Uh, like, I watch the people, like, be emaciated and, like, helicoptered out that aren't getting fed. Hmm. I've never been on it, but I have no reason to think that the conspiracy theory is accurate. Because, like, like, you watch people over the course of, of a month lose 20 pounds 30 pounds you know so if they're getting hatch lose any weight i don't think he did uh he totally did Mm. anyway uh he lost all that prize money to the irs yeah he did uh anyway so the thing that i keep thinking as i'm watching this is how cool it is from like a, a social and race perspective because going through uh i'm not gonna be able to name all of them but like people that have won Richard Hatch, right? Yeah. White gay man. Naked fat guy. Naked fat Naked guy. Naked fat gay guy. Then you had a 50-year-old woman. You had a young Jewish guy. You had a 30-year-old black lady. Um, you had a 40-year-old single mom Hispanic woman. You had a, a 40-year-old straight black dude. Uh, uh, an Asian dude. And I was only seven that I can think of. Mm-hmm. Um but like you're watching these group of 20-ish people interact and everything. And yes, they're called and things like that. So they're not sending in KKK members or anything like sure. that. Um, but like it, be, it's like, like how you use the word called, which usually has a very negative kind of <laughs> instead of the word vetted, which is fine. Yeah. You're like, no, uh, if you're brought in and they don't like you, you're murdered. <laughs> you, you're taken out of the gene pool. Uh, but it is such a non-factor. Like even at the beginning of one season, they separated into four different groups and it was African Americans, Asians, white people, uh, and they get four already. No. What did I say? Blacks, whites, Asians. What else is there? (laughs) 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 hispanics so so they separated them into these four groups and uh i think in survivor's mind like in the producer's mind they're like we're gonna make this really interesting we're gonna make it a racial thing survivor colon race war uh yeah exactly and it was still like a total non-issue like it didn't come up at all the only time i feel like it came up at all is at one point one of the guys said like if all of the caucasians stick together and he was a caucasian dude mm-hmm. and he was more meaning like he 100 percent meant our group like if our group sticks together then we don't need to worry about it it wasn't a ra- it was our group thing and yeah. like 
that was the only time and you you had that moment of like that's not what he meant at all like i can 100 percent see that's not what he meant so it's not an issue um but i think it's it really is super cool that like when you take the shit out of it and it's people like trying to live and trust each other zero mm-hmm. percent an issue and it's it's cool to watch it happen they're going to be like look we need to make sure that we're in this in the long term we need to go and sterilize the other groups I mean, there's a lot sure of our races there's a lot of castration on. going on, so there's no reproduction. But okay. uh, uh, that's yeah. the calling. Yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, it is cool. Like watching that on a micro level of people just interact, and it's not at all like that. I do want to see the time that they do put like one super racist dude <laughs> with like eighteen black guys, <laughs> like like. <laughs> Or like super homophobic guy. Yes. And then just like cocksuck island. Yeah, exactly. And there have been a few people that have disagreed like on that or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's definitely been a lot more like the, like when Richard when Hatch was on, mm-hmm. there was like this old burly marine dude. And he was like, never would have thought that I would have been friends like this with a queer. <laughs> like, you know, and it was like this charmingly homophobic uh, uh, old-timey thing. Yeah. You know, he's like, my friends are gonna are really gonna give it to me when they find out I made friends with this queer. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, 1999. Uh, yeah, but the point is, oh, it's, it's it's cool to, to watch that and uh, thinking about it. And I could try to talk to my wife about that all the time and she's like, shut up and just watch the show. <laughs> Stop thinking about real things. That's why you have me. Yeah. You get to talk to me about real things. I do. So that's all I got for an interstitial. That's what goes on in my mind when I could just be vegging out. I'm like trying to think of like the uh, the racial divide that isn't present in these things. Yeah. Speaking of Cocksuck Island, uh, Project Runway started last night. So Marianne was very excited about that. So we watched the new Project Runway. Yeah. I think my wife watches that. Yeah. It's like... Uh, it was on Bravo for like five seasons and it was on Lifetime forever and now it's back on Bravo and that's like the big thing apparently with one of the previous winners is like Tim Gunn left and so one of the previous winners is like the mentor now the thing that I love about Survivor is that it's a hundred like I don't know Project I'm assuming there's like a judge group or whatever that votes people out Mm -hmm. so they dictate whereas Survivor it's the contestants dictate the stuff that happens and it's great because you can see what like the producers are wanting to have happen they're like Mm -hmm. this is going to be our guy no he's gone immediately because it's not up to them it's 100% up to chance and the contestants I just I can watch any reality show that's just like here's a bunch of people who are really good at a thing and we're going to Make them do that thing in interesting ways and call them down until we have the best. Call is the word of the day. Yep. It's like Pee Wee's Playhouse. Ah! <laughs> uh, a little Bobcat Goldthwait, my joke. My throat there. <laughs> uh, Motel Hell? Motel Hell. Synopsis. Uh, Motel Hell is about a motel that sells beef jerky and the beef jerky is people. <laughs> Motel doesn't come into play a lot here, does it? No. But the Other final the clever sign. And the final word is this motel is evil. Motel hell. <laughs> Every time I say motel hell, Weird Al's Nature Trail to Hell plays in my brain. And I don't know why. It's been doing that since last week. 
when you were like, you like, oh no, the when when fate <laughs> came down from on high to tell me that this is what you're watching. Fate is a nasty karmic bitch to you because you always get the shitty movies. I get the ones that are like, you know, this isn't like Citizen Kane, but it's fun. Yeah, you got Dolly Dearest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got Swarm. I got, of the, I, I got Swarm of the Snakehead. <laughs> I the first one I I was out. I got the Razors one. Yep. But other than that, like I've been doing pretty well. Yeah. Uh. So, what the hell? Uh. We wh- overall thoughts. Uh, it's good. Uh. You see the MGM logo at the beginning, and we were like, ah, like this isn't going to be terrible. It's not, it doesn't mean it's going to be good, yeah. but it's not going to be fucking Swarm of the Snakehead. Few things are the Swarm true, of the Snakehead. Few things are. But, you know, the lion uh, from Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer gives me a lot more confidence than, like, two bad cartoon CGI monkeys high-fiving, sitting on some words that I don't care about. Uh, so we open with a couple on a motorcycle and then we immediately see farmer Vincent and he is such a good aim with the shotgun. He doesn't have to aim. Mm -hmm. He holds it at his hip like the fucking Terminator. Yeah. And he shoots the tire out of this motorcycle. It's called shooting from the hip. Shooting from the hip. Did you just not realize that's where that comes from? No. Okay. Uh, but... I feel like that's more of a that that's a that's a turn of phrase because it's not something people do because it's not a good idea. <laughs> that's I mean, why I think it comes from like dueling, like gunslingers. Like they wouldn't even take the time to well, you they'd rather get off the shot yeah, by just he, shooting from the hip. Exactly. But this dude takes the time to use his hip eye mm-hmm. <laughs> to aim and make an impeccable shot. Yeah. Because he manages uh, to take this motorcycle down. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say before this even happens. Okay. <laughs> Remember when I talked about uh, the, there's the dude in the wig from Swarm of the Snakehead? Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, I know this guy. He's in stuff. And she's like, he's usually he's got like white hair and he always has a goatee. And so I was trying to name people, and one of the people, like, I kept going back to, I'm like, are you sure you aren't thinking of John Ratzenberger? And then watching Motel Hell, and it says, John Ratzenberger, <laughs> I freaked the fuck out. <laughs> In the best way. That's awesome. Yeah. That's my John Ratzenberger story. I like it. It tied the two together. Mm-hmm. This was the perfect double feature. Yeah, it was perfect. Except for half of it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so he uh, decides to kill. They, Bo is dead, or they decide that he's dead. Uh, and they take the girl, Terry, and he's decided that God has decreed that he needs to save her. Yeah. Uh, question. Mm-hmm. Do we see Bo again? Is is Bo the guy I was, who leads the revolt? Eventually? I felt... Like I was watching to see if it was him, but the only identifying thing I had for Bo was like the bandana and the biker outfit. And I don't feel like I saw that. And he definitely wasn't wearing a bandana. So narrative wise, I feel like I would have to assume that he's at the very least one of the fritters. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I don't know that for sure. Okay. You very confidently called them fritters. 
Is that what they're called? Uh, that's what I call them. Okay. I'm not a Has big... This is the first time I've watched Motel Hell all the way through. Okay. Uh, so I'm not a huge Motel Hell aficionado. Okay. So I don't know what the inner circles of the cult uh, that is the Motel Hell fan club call it. I would call them Cabbage Patch Kids. Uh, but that's your made-up word. <laughs> it's, I'm not saying it's bad, but that's your made-up thing. I'm calling them fritters from the film. The film calls them fritters? Yeah. They okay. reference uh, Vincent Farmer's Critter Fritters. Okay. Would There's like the, they're the fritters. I, or I, he makes them into fritters. There is absolute. So, this is a note that I made way, way long ago, and I'll t- say this now. I can a hundred percent see that I'm not a huge Motel Hell fan, um, but this is the type of movie that I can a hundred percent see being somebody's favorite movie. Like, like it's weird enough, it's unique enough, it's imperfect enough, it raises enough questions without giving you concrete answers. Like, it's very Maniac Cop-ish in that way. Like, like we talk about what is Maniac Cop? Is he a ghost? Is he a zombie? What is he? Mm-hmm. What are these, what are the, what I'm going to call fritters? Sure. What, what are these? I don't really understand a lot of the motivation happening. I don't understand the, like, there's so many questions. Like, I feel like this. I feel like I have answers for all of this. <laughs> honestly that's fine but i feel like this could be somebody's favorite movie so my point is there's definitely people that are like what are you talking about you idiots these are this is the in-depth feelings and thoughts that i have on motel hell and i can respect that yeah uh i i liked this movie uh i think it i think the casting alone was great like having ball breaker from uh um i was gonna say popeyes god fuck is the name porkies i've never seen porkies i'm telling you there's another podcast that we have here where we just watch all the classic movies i've never seen <laughs> we just need a podcast of me talking about movies and you be like i've never seen that I'm like, <laughs> fucking everybody has seen that movie how have you not seen i don't know anything I've seen Swarm of the Snakehead, bro. I've seen a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yes, you have. Okay, uh, so you're, so the and casting absolutely had the is great. Blu-ray of Motel Hell and had never seen it all the way through. It's true. It's a hundred percent true. It's sad. Yeah, it's really sad. Uh, so he brings her home to his sister Ida, and mm-hmm. says, "I'm gonna save her. She's my thing." And Ida's like, "What the hell are you doing?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and does do a good job of immediately like she's kind of jealous of this bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, we find out that he sells uh, jerky. Yes. A shitload of it for two dollars and ninety five cents. Yes. That is a great deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 1980, but yeah, it's, it's still, still a great a, deal. It's still a good deal. He also a couple uh, buys six dollars worth of beef jerky later and he just. Runs under the assumption that it's fine to stick a bumper sticker on their car mm-hmm. because they bought $6 worth of beef jerky. Also, he put it, puts it on the front of their car. Yes. And they are thrilled about this. Yeah. If I bought beef jerky from someone and they tried to put a bumper sticker on my car saying I bought said beef jerky, mm-hmm. do you know how pissed I would be? Also, if they put it on real shittily 
and askew and yes. kind of half hanging off. Yes. Mm-hmm. I get annoyed when I buy a car and then they have that sticker on the back. I'm not even like, yeah. I'm still like, like fuck, here's where you fucking bought this car. Yeah. And I'm like, I am too lazy to pull that off. So that is going to be on there the entire time that yeah, I, I have this car. I still have like the, pla- the front plate and the license plate thing around mine. And all I have to do is unscrew some screws and screw them back in. Yes. It's not worth it. No. But you, every time you see it, you're just slightly annoyed. Yeah. Just a little perturbed. Yeah. Like, I'm now I'm fucking advertising for you. I can't do anything about it. You got my hands tied. Uh, I keep getting these emails because uh, I bought a car a couple years ago. I keep getting these emails that are like, we just, you know, ran through our database and did crunch some numbers and blah, blah, blah. And... Uh, after some uh, data analysis, we think that you would be great for this car. Uh, and I I just keep getting these. And finally, I was like, I replied. And I was like, look, uh, I bought a car from your place. It was a good experience. But if I get one more of these fucking emails, I am not going to buy another car from you ever again. Also, I might come in there and punch you in the face. Uh, so I bought, so I went in with my dad, we bought, I bought a car and my dad bought two vehicles, uh, from my brother-in-law a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously part of their policy or whatever, but, uh, I would get phone calls three months, six months, a year or whatever. It automated emails and it would be from my brother-in-law who's not there anymore, but from my brother-in-law, it would kind of be like. He didn't say these words, but it definitely translated to, hey, I'm contractually obligated to contact you at this point because you bought this six months ago. Uh, So if you need anything else, you know where to find me, basically. Right. Yeah. And he's not there anymore. So his stuff's been handed off. So like I get I just uh, in January, I had my birthday. So I got a phone call like, hey, I just wanted to call you from this car dealership to tell you happy birthday if there's anything you need. So like I'm in there and I, that's what you say. I need you to not fucking make any more I, of these phone calls. That's true. But it's not worth the effort for me. Like I, I'm listening to a voicemail. Right. So I'm just yeah. delete. It's not worth it for me to be the first four emails. It wasn't worth it to me either. Yes. The fifth email was the email that broke the theoretical servers back. Yes. Yes. Uh, but yeah, like at least when it was there. at least when it was my it was my brother in law, I would kind of be like, he's got to call me, fuck him, yeah, like because he's he's not excited about it either. Like he knows, you know. Uh, yeah. But now it's it's some random faceless douchebag trying to prime me and to he's buy. Like, another hey, vehicle. it's Jesus, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck. Why couldn't it have been a white guy? I could tell off a white guy. I'm not gonna tell off Jesus. I would totally tell Jesus off. Really? Mm-hmm. I feel like you have too much like weird, awkward white guilt. No, I can be pissed off at somebody if they're. <laughs> yeah, I can hate Jesus for being Jesus. Uh, but here's the thing: it's a situation where it's not Jesus's fault, right? Yeah. So if Jesus is being a dick, you can be like, Jesus, you're being a dick. If, but like, look, I know this isn't your fault, but like your company keeps doing this, blah blah blah. I feel like you would have a harder time. No, I mean, if I can throw the disclaimer out there because it's true, is. I'm not mad at you. I'm... Yeah. No, well, it's good. I'm fine. You're not mad at me. No. I can equally hate. Remember what I said before? I like being left alone. Mm-hmm. I didn't say I like being left alone from white people. I like being left alone. From all people. From all people. I hate everyone equally. <laughs> Have I told my 9-11 story on the podcast? I. It sounds hilarious. Give it to me. <laughs> so 9-11 happened when we were in high school. Uh... 
and uh, when I was in high school, I wore T-shirts. I would wear a white T-shirt, and I would write stuff on the T-shirt. Uh, and so that morning, I just happened to get a wild hair up my ass, and I decided, you know what I'm going to write on my T-shirt this morning? I hate you all. And then 9-11 happened. <laughs> and so, like, I go to my physics class, which I, I don't know. It's, is it weird to say I love talking about 9-11? Because, <laughs> like, it's it's a thing that we all, like, if you're a certain age, you experienced it. And and you want to hear somebody else's story. Yes. It's not like, yeah. I uh, think anybody that was didn't experience it doesn't give a shit about your 9-11 story. Yeah, it's like in the 60s, you'd like, where were you when Kennedy was assassinated? I right? don't care about those stories. This is, yeah, because I don't have that shared experience. Yes. But this is, like, it happened live on TV. At yes. least, like, you know, parts of it and shit. So... Uh, I remember, so, first period, uh, there's, like, whispers going on that something's happened, uh, like, teacher leaves the room for an extended period of time, comes back, bell rings, like, the kids in the, like, some of the kids, most of the kids are just, like, whatever. We should put some in context, people- cell phones our phones at this point. This is not like where everybody's able yeah. to look up news or anything on their phone. That doesn't right. happen. Cell I mean, phones. They are... know when nine eleven happened. Excuse me. I mean, nine eleven happened in two thousand one. I. But if you're sixteen and listening to this, you've always had a phone, and sure. you know what I mean. Like just putting it into context to show the confusion and the the lack of information there. Mm-hmm. Phones at this time were not they. Most most people, I would dare to say, didn't even have a cell phone, and if they did, it was just a phone. Yeah, I don't think anyone. In, I don't. I don't think I knew anyone in high school who had a phone. Like we still had pay phones in the school. I just want to anyway, put that into context. Sure. Uh, so, why am I laughing about nine eleven? Because you love to talk about it. Yep. So it's like rumors and everything going on. Uh, some of the kids are like. Something weird happened, but no one, like, no no adults are saying anything. And then, uh, like, basically find out that, you know, the tower's been hit, whatever. I, like, get into second period, and you see, like, watched live on TV the second, the plane hit the second tower. So it's, like, this fucking thing, right? And then the next period, like, everyone is, like... Everyone's on edge, but also it's like we're people and we're like a thousand miles away and like this sucks. We're not obviously not going to have class, but it's just like a shared experience, whatever. So we can it's like we're just people trying to fucking cope. And my, prof- my professor, my teacher saw the shirt and decided to write tolerate on a post-it note and put it over the word hate on my shirt. And it's like that thing that's... It's the thing that sticks out that's not horrible on uh, 9-11. So the rest of the day I went around uh, with my t-shirt and says, I tolerate you all. So I've told this on, this, on the podcast before, but it bears repeating. Because I hate that this is so ingrained in my head about 9-11. Because uh, I still don't... I, I still know I didn't mean anything about it. But I know I look like an asshole to at least one person out there. Okay. Between you look for, like an asshole to me, but, but for 
not necessarily about 9-11. But between first and second period, there's still confusion and things going down. Mm-hmm. And we go to our locker to get stuff to go to second period. And so, and I hear somebody say, like, the World Trade Center in New York City, and I s- was making fun of them, and I said, no, the World Trade Center in Seattle or another city, right? Yeah. And I'm saying, that's a dumb question. Use your head, uh-huh. is what I'm saying, right? And a person beside me at the locker scolds me and says, like, do you know how many people just died? Blah, blah, blah. This isn't funny. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that really bothered me. I wanted to punch him in the face. I get his position, though. Like, he's very much absorbed in it. But he also didn't understand the content. Like, I'm not laughing about the people dying. Right. I was making fun of the person's question, mm-hmm. which probably is still wrong. Right? Like, I, But I on sh- brand for Russ. <laughs> but but I'm not making fun of dead people. I'm yeah. making fun of the dumb question that was posed, right? Yes. And, uh, that like, I don't want to see the word taints my... my Nine eleven, because in the scheme of what happened, you know what? Before that, I was having a real good nine eleven experience, and you know, it just really harshed my mellow the whole rest of the day. But it, it makes instead of it instead of me like remembering watching TV at work all day when there wasn't a TV. Somehow, a TV magically appeared at the restaurant that I was a cook in. You know, mm-hmm. instead of that, like I still remember like that feeling of like I'm I. And I had the moment where I was like, I can try to explain to this dude that I wasn't making fun of that, or I can just let him be pissed at me because I know he's feeling shitty, obviously. Yeah. And I was like, I'll just take it. I'll just put this on my shoulders and let me be the asshole. So there's probably somebody out there that has that memory. And he might not even know what I said, Mm -hmm. but he's just like, there was this fucking dude that was beside me. He was making jokes about it, and I wasn't making jokes about it. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember a kid in the class like giggling about it, and I just I think he's a giant asshole. He could have been giggling about anything else. Oh, totally. He could yeah. have just been a kid, fucking being a kid. Yeah. And nine eleven is just happening around him. But I remember being like really pissed off at that kid. Yeah. Like yeah. Fucking shit's happening, man. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like in this dude's narrative, I'm the villain. Yeah. And that's. He's- you have to learn to accept that. I or you will go insane. Yes. No, I have. Like there's an old <laughs> there's an old like adage or whatever like everybody's the hero in their story mm-hmm. and that's totally true. And I've like I've come to accept that like I've fired a fucking lot of people in my life. Yeah. Like I'm the villain in a lot of people's lives, mm-hmm. you know. And I just have to accept that. Yeah. Cuz I know in my narrative where I'm the hero, that was the right fucking move. Yeah. You got fired for... I've never fired anybody not for a reason. Mm-hmm. You never fired somebody because they were black or crippled or... I didn't say that. I said oh. a reason. Okay. I guess that's a good reason. <laughs> that was a joke. Yeah. Motel hell. <laughs> so, so he brings her back. Uh, he sells beef jerky. We got Ida, his sister that he lives with. They run this restaurant. We meet Bruce. Uh, who's uh, Farmer Vincent's brother. Mm-hmm. Little and, brother. And obviously, it's very, I'm immediately like, obviously Bruce is in on this shit because he tells his sheriff slash cop, sheriff maybe, cop, police uh, official. Uh, Bruce is a sheriff. Bruce is a sheriff. He tells him like, oh, the dude she was riding with died. I buried him. Uh-huh. And now I'm keeping her here 
maybe against her will, sort of-ish against her will, to rehabilitate her. And he's like, that's cool in this county. And I'm like, this is obviously bullshit. Bruce is in on this. Uh, I know that there's, they're cannibalizing people. Mm-hmm. Bruce is in on this shit. And uh, he's the, it, the, the police are in bed with uh, Farmer Vincent's beef jerky farm. Yeah. Can I just say, like, from the beginning... If you're watching a horror movie and somebody's eating thing, that's things, people. <laughs> that's that's gonna probably be the big, true. An hour and 25 minutes from now, you're going to find out that it's people. <laughs> that's probably true. Like a yeah. carrot? That's a, that's a person it's, carrot. It's people, yeah. Yeah. They, they, found, they found out how to grow them with people. Uh, but yeah, so he's very offhanded. Like, yeah, in extenuating circumstances in this county, you can just bury somebody. Yeah. And not notify any authorities mm-hmm. or next of kin. Right. Just fucking I buried him. him in the cemetery. Yeah. Oh well, then that's fine now. Yeah, in this yeah. county, extenuating circumstances, yeah. you can bury him. Don't bother telling me. And what are the extenuating circumstances? It's not like he died, <laughs> but it's not like this is. It's not like there was a blizzard, right? Like, right. You could probably get away with now. There's a huge blizzard that people are trapped in their homes for ten days, and you move a corpse from inside to outside, and or something, right? Put it in a mm-hmm. box. I don't know grandma dies you move her outside in the middle of summer that would be mishandling of a corpse and you would be you know you'd be guilty of a lot of things probably right yeah in the middle of winter if there's this national emergency that's fine that's an extenuating circumstance right like yeah uh so marianne had uh an expired license i was hoping you're gonna say like her grandma died in her house and she moved her body (laughs) She, she had an expired license and so she just went to take the test right and so one of the things was like, hey, uh, you get in an accident. What is your responsibility in here? And it was like A, B, C, D. And D was all of these things, right? And A was like, notify the police. And B was like, uh, make sure you're not blocking traffic. And C was making sure uh, you have removed all dead bodies. <laughs> and so she was like, well... It's obviously not C. So, uh, and B, like, make sure you're not blocking people. That sounds reasonable, but at the end of the day, like, you know, the police need to show up to, uh, to like, garner, like, what happened, figure out what happened. So it's got to just be notify the police. Nope, it was D, all of these. Apparently in Indiana, like, if you get an accident, you have to make sure, like, you get rid of the dead bodies. Or, like, I don't know. It sounds really weird. It's probably from, cover them up i don't like i don't know i don't i don't know it sounds weird like it's probably one of those things where it's like this is technically like a law on the books and it's just there probably for insurance purposes or something but like nobody's actually going to like hold you accountable for it i feel like if you didn't remove a dead body you're probably not going to get charged with anything <laughs> yeah like like, hey, couldn't help but notice you didn't move your wife off the concrete there. That's going to be an extra ticket. <laughs> it's a $20 fine in this county. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's never it's happened. It's normally 50 but, you know, extenuating circumstances. <laughs> yeah, that's never happened. That's never happened. Uh, so, uh, Terry just started to start living with him? Yeah, Terry's the, the girl? Yes. Yeah, yeah. She sort of just starts living with him. She's just like, well... The, the only man I've ever loved is dead. Uh, Who is 57 years old. 
I don't know. I think we see his face like once. I'm sorry. He was. Oh, you're talking. Yeah, I didn't do the math. Yeah, it is 1923 to 1950. So he's 57 years old. What? He, it's 1980. I'm sorry. What did I say? 1950? Yeah. Sorry. 1980. 1923 to 1980. So he was 57. Oh. So she's she's definitely into older well, guys. Well, then I guess then that, yeah, that the ending makes more sense now. Yes. Yes. Because at first I was like, he's 57 and that's who she was with? So, yeah, she's got a daddy thing for sure. Yeah. Or grandpa thing. Uh, but yeah, she sort of just decides to live with him and, and, uh, uh, she decides to stay. Farmer Vincent convinces her like through this religious thing. He says like, this is what God has planned. Uh, the fact that you're here alone proves it to me. And she's like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. And my head is exploding at this point. Cause I'm like, what the, that's a religious bullshit. That makes no sense at all. Like the sheer sure all religion is religious bullshit. That's true. <laughs> But at least if like I could say like at least if somebody if somebody if I was in a horrible car accident tomorrow. Right. Uh And I lived and I could say like through that I found God like you could swallow that a little bit more. Are you trying to say that all religions need to be internally consistent? Uh, Are you trying to say that people shouldn't use religion to take advantage of other people? (laughs) Uh, I would never say these things are things that are ever going to happen. But it, it was so frustrating because that was the most bullshit argument ever. Like the sheer fact that you're sitting here right now with me proves that you're supposed to be here. But you, you're forgetting the fact that he's old. So and he knows super what he's sexy. talking about. Yeah, and super sexy because she's into old dudes. Yeah. Super frustrating. So uh, he's a farmer and he's got animals and uh, an inspector shows up randomly and is like, hey, random inspection. Bob. Bob. I'm Bob the inspector. I got to inspect your pigs. And so he's like, okay, I'm I'm going to go, you know, into the smoke room, have fun with the pigs. And so he starts to try to look into the uh, smoke room, slaughterhouse slash smoke room, whatever. Yep. And then uh, falls down when he comes out. He falls down into mud and then just like pigs infected hooves, get that checked out. Yeah, just storms I'm, off. I'm because... going to get back into my meat my vehicle immediately after <laughs> my ass is covered in wet, wet mud. Uh, well, he storms off because he's angry because there's mud at the pig farm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How dare farmer farmer Vincent's guilty of a lot of things. I don't think he's at fault for there being mud at the pig farm. No. So after that is. When uh, he goes, he takes the tractor over to this ivy-covered gate or whatever. Secret garden. And that's when I'm like, oh my god, is this a secret garden? Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I'm going to write that down. And then at the end of the movie, he calls it a secret garden. And I was like, yes! Yes! Because, okay, do you know that the secret garden is a movie? Yes, I do. Okay. Did you know that the secret garden is a book? I did know that. <laughs> Have you read or seen the movie? Read uh, or seen the movie? In middle school, and I remember almost nothing, except it was about children, and I was bored. Okay. My cousin loved that movie, so we watched it all the time. So I've seen it a lot. So I thought, this is hilarious. I need to write this down. And then he calls it The Secret Garden, and I got a brain boner. 
uh, I read a book called The Concrete Garden, which was obviously a take on The Secret Garden, and like this kid's mom's mom dies, mm-hmm. and they bury her in concrete in the garden. Uh, okay, that seems excessive. Like, are they expecting mom to be a zombie? And no, like... no, it's just because it was like the 16-year-old was like, if mom's dead, then we're all going to get separated. I'm just going to take care of these kids. Okay. I, that doesn't explain the concrete to me, but... What? Why is there concrete involved? So that she doesn't get found? Hmm. Okay. Because they're smart. <laughs> Sounds like burying her would work, too. You've obviously never buried a body. Uh, you're right, a, I haven't. Such an amateur. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he goes uh, to the secret garden. And what do we see at the secret garden? I'm sorry, I just had a thought. About burying people? <laughs> yes. This is, I shouldn't be laughing so much about this. It's kind of awful. Because we're talking about burying people. But I feel like, so like... Your wife's like into like serial killer stuff and mm-hmm. stuff. I'm very into serial killer stuff. And so when you watch uh, all these shows, the detectives are always like, and they buried her in a shallow grave. And it's like, they're offended that the grave was so shallow. But fuck you. Do you know how hard it is to dig a grave? This is you're The talking- grave is exactly how deep it needs to be because you get fucking tired. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh. I always talk about that. Like you always see them like digging a hole in an hour or a half hour, right? In the movie. And I'm like, it would take a long fucking time. And I think part of that might be skewed because we are in Indiana. So it's all clay. Mm -hmm. Because I've tried to dig holes as a kid. It's fucking hard. Like you get six inches in and you're like, I'm done. This isn't happening anymore. Uh, So maybe it's different in other parts of the country. But I've never bought the fact that somebody can <laughs> dig a grave in one night. Not like even they in do the constantly. desert. Like yeah. it's all just sand. No, still not buying it. Yeah, it's still constantly. a lot of fucking sand. It's a lot of sand. You know how much dirt or how much? All right, here. How much sand is in a hole? Uh, four by six by six. None. Good job for you. <laughs> you 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 passed my test. Good for you, Justin. <laughs> I remember watching a movie uh, in college with Ben and a couple of our girlfriends and stuff, and they like dug a grave. I was like, there's no fucking way that they dug that much. How much dirt do you think is in a hole that big? And they were all like doing math, like trying to figure out the area, and they all came up with their answers. And I was like, you're all fucking wrong because it's none because it's a fucking hole. <laughs> yes, but in your scenario, they moved 96 cubic feet. It's true. Or cubic units, whatever. You didn't specify units. It's true. I just said six by six by four. You said f- six by four by four, but yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah. So what do we, what does he find in the secret garden, or what what does Farmer Vincent show us in the secret garden? Uh, he's he's growing heads. He's growing heads, sort yeah. of. Uh, that's his, at that point. That's what we know. That's what you he's think. Growing yeah. heads. Yeah. Turns out what he's doing is he's he, so we see. He takes out a band called Ivan and the Terribles, which is a great band name. Yes. Awesome van also. Yes. Uh, And John Ratzenberger is their drummer. Yes. Cliff Uh, from Cheers (laughs) is their drummer. And uh, he uses bear traps to take out the vehicle. And at first I was like, bear traps with the... Actually, that might work. Yeah, I think that that might work. That's a good idea. Uh, And we we see that he gives them some sort of a gas. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and then buries them up to their neck in the dirt. Yes. So I said they're sort of zombies because he cuts their throats, severs the vocal cords, so they sort of just gurgle and garble. Mm-hmm. I'm saying sort of zombie-like creatures. You sounds like you've got a really thought-out answer to this. Which, what, what are these things? I think they're just people. I don't know. You just said you had answers to all my questions. I, I Here's thought, my first you question. Said, you said, what? okay, go for it. What are they? What are these creatures? They are, they are, they aren't creatures. They're people who have had surgery put on them and are given a, a specified diet so that they could become foodstuffs. This movie is about climate change. Like, honestly, it's crazy, but this movie is all about climate change. And, like, how uh, he talks, like, his big speech, like, the villain's monologue in this movie is about how there's too many people and not enough food, so by turning people into food, he's solving both problems. And it makes sense. It doesn't not make sense. I just ask you to describe to me what type of creature these are. They're not creatures. They're people. That was literally what I said. Then why are they... No, they're more than just people. They're not fully functioning and thinking human beings. We don't know that. The, The one gets out, saves everyone else, and then goes to take vengeance on the people. Who perpetrated against him? While they're, Those are thinking beings. While they're shuffling, and these are yes, not because f- they haven't used their muscles. No, these and they've been fed. No, God knows what. No, they are they are not functioning. At they're a like human they're, level. they like slop them in, and like they have these apparatus in which they deliver food. Like yeah, no. First of all, by apparatus you mean funnel. The, it was an apparatus because it was a funnel attached to a hose, like which is sure makes which, it a funnel. Which was attached to like this neck brace thing that like funneled the food right where it needed to go. Their mouth, yeah, <laughs> or their hole also, in the throats. I don't also know. known as a funnel. Yeah, these are not fully functioning human beings. They were definitely some no, sort of... No, they, they weren't fully functioning they human beings. They were a fritter. <laughs> because of the aforementioned things. But they're still human beings. They're a fritter. They're a fritter. They're human beings. Uh, Inspector Bob ends up finding said creatures, and we see that they end up gassing them to turn them into these fritters, right? Bob doesn't get gassed. Bob gets hit over the head with a shovel and then buried. I'm sorry. I apologize. I skipped the hitting in the head. See, I feel like the gas the is gas, special uh, the here. The gas, I think, just knocks them out long enough for them to bury them. I'm not so sure. I feel like the gas turns them into a fritter. I don't think the gas is important. I think the gas is the key. I think the gas is just the convenient thing. It's the MacGuffin that lets them move the bodies at their will. Uh. At this point, Ida wasn't the right word, but whatever. Ida is going to tell the secret to uh, Terry, the girl that they saved, mm-hmm. and they're like on a picnic, I think. Yeah. And Farmer Vincent straight up punches Ida in the stomach, uh-huh. just straight up, just roundhouses her right in the gut. Roundhouse involves your foot, but yes. Hand roundhouses. <laughs> it's like a kick with your hand. I don't know what you would call that, but it's like a. 
kick. <laughs> but you use your, like, you... Okay, so you know you have five fingers, right? If you curl them all in, then it's, like, it's like harder. I don't know, like, yeah. So you do that, but it's like a kick, but with your fingers bent. <laughs> so he's miming a punch right now, but it doesn't really translate great to audio. Uh, so where do we go from here? I'm, you talk for a second. Uh, I don't know. Stuff happens. I want to talk about the fun sex fiends. Uh, you mean this is the this is Sonny Bono from <laughs> Troll? Uh-huh. I don't think you have to say from Troll. <laughs> it's just Sonny Bono. I mean, it's not Sonny Bono, but it's totally Sonny Bono. Uh, yeah. Uh, some fun sex perverts. Which okay, he has grown up in this town, or at least around this town, uh, and so he is very familiar with the jerky. Like the whole reason they're there is because it's a motel and they're gonna get down. But mostly, it he picked this motel to get down because they have the jerky, so he knows all about it. And then he gets super excited. Uh. That Farmer Vincent is giving off some vibes like, hey, maybe he wants to come join us. And then Sister Ida comes out and, oh, well, why don't you bring her along too? Uh, And so they go back to their room and there they be sex perverts waiting on more sex perverts to join them. Yeah, they're like 100% into the concept of of Vincent and Ida joining them. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's wearing... Flesh tone leotard with a bra over the top of it and a clear skirt. Mm-hmm. She oils him up and has a whip, and she's good with that whip. Like she destroys everything in this motel room. Like, hey, there's a thing here that's not nailed down to the floor. I'm gonna whip it and break it because I'm into that. Yes, uh, they don't get to uh, get off though, do they? No. Because uh, they show up and they get hogtied, which they are readily, they're mm-hmm. happy about. They're like, very excited this, about. This was an easy way for uh, Ida and Vincent to uh, get their next uh, uh, meat product. Because mm-hmm. uh, they let them hogtie them and then they gas them. Yeah. With a still questionable mixture of whatever it is. Yeah. It's not nitrous oxide. We learned that. Yes. Because he was very excited thinking it was. I love that he's like... <laughs> He's like, oh, nitrous, and he takes a deep breath and immediately conk. So I passed over this joke, but I really, this is 100% Sonny Bono from Troll, right? Like, it looks like him. He acts like him. This has got to be the same character. I mean, he's 70s mustachioed sex pervert. Yes. So, yeah, Sonny Bono. Good. We're on the same page. I think the next relevant thing, are we at uh, Iva attempted murder of Terry, or are we to them harvesting the, uh, which is first? Uh, so, yeah, I would say probably Ida, Terry. So, they, they decide to go tubing, which tubing means something different to me and them, I guess, because uh, they're just on tubes in the pond. Tubing to you means dragged behind a boat? Yes. Uh, and Ida decides to have this clever scheme in order to drown Terry out of jealousy. So she slashes her own tube 
waiting for Terry to try to help her mm -hmm. and then goes to drown Terry. Yeah. Why would she go through this big facade to make it look to Vincent like it was an accident? Right. I mean, I think also in case something happens and she doesn't get to complete or maybe she has a change of heart or something like it's a it's an easy excuse. Yeah. But at this point, she, so she goes to drown Terry and then Vincent shows up and she yells at Vincent. What are you doing, Vincent? Like, would that be a clue to Vincent? This isn't on the up and up. She was just trying to drown her. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, obviously he knows what she was doing. Like, if she really wanted to do it, she had a box cutter just slit her throat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. That's how movies work. So, Vince and Terry decide they're going to get married. And at first I was like, bullshit. Terry's like, I'm going to fuck you. And he's like, oh, we're not married. But she's like, but look at my boobies. And he's all like, married. Uh, so they decided to get married, which is consistent because she was with Bo, who was 57. Yeah. So I guess this is just her character. Not only did they decide to get married, they decided to get married by Wolfman Jack. Uh, the next day. <laughs> the next but day. But by Wolfman Jack. Yes. <laughs> That's the important part, because Wolfman Jack is in this movie, and he's great. I want to name my son Wolfman. Okay. Now. Like, I'm going to change his name <laughs> at nine. Yeah. Like, your, your new name is Wolfman. Sorry, Russ Jr. You're Wolfman now. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's my new nickname? No, no, no. It's on your birth certificate. Yeah. We just changed it. We legally changed your name to Wolfman. Can you imagine showing up to school in fourth grade like he is and telling everybody that your new name is Wolfman? That could go one of two ways. That would be amazing. Yeah. I want to move like that just so I can create and tell people everybody calls me Wolfman. Because they wouldn't know. I'm like, oh, I'm Russ, but everybody calls me Wolfman. Why do they yeah. call you Wolfman? Oh, that's a long story. Just call me Wolfman. Okay, I guess that's Wolfman. Is dude trying to fucking give himself a nickname over here? <laughs> no, no, I've had it for years. I've had it for years. He says he's had it for years, but I haven't fucking That's what it. everybody's always called me. You want me to... You want me to... I've gone to school with this guy for 10 years. <laughs> no one has literally ever called him Wolfman. Uh, so, uh, Sonny Bono and his gal are meet. Uh, Ida tried to kill Terry. Is this movie sponsored by Hustler? There's a lot of Hustler. <laughs> the same issue of Hustler. Multiple people have the same issue of Hustler. I feel like the production had one issue of Hustler is what it was. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, What's his name? What's the sheriff's name? Bruce. Bruce. Uh, Bruce is like looking at Hustler, and then Wolfman Jack is like, you shouldn't have that. Give me that. I'll destroy it properly. And then he's all like, ah, I got Hustler. And then like Bruce goes home, or goes back to the farm, and Ida's looking at Hustler, and he's like, ah, sex pervert. Yeah. Uh, they go to have a little celebration, and they end up knocking out Terry. So they can go do their business. So they can go work. Uh, and what they do to work is they tie a noose around each of the fritter's necks. Ida, they pick up three. Uh, three or four? Four of them. Three. Four. Three. Four. Three. Four. John Ratzenberger, uh, the drummer, the guitarist, and the lead singer. Okay. The woman is not uh, involved. Okay. It's three. I felt like it was four. It was almost, no, it wasn't almost definitely. 
It was definitely three. So we'll agree to four. So there's four of them. Uh, and Ida... I don't know why this bothers me, and I know you know it bothers me, which is why you're continuing <laughs> with four. 100%. It shouldn't bother me. Like, there, there's something wrong with me that's broken inside, but it is three, <laughs> and it is three, and it'll always be three because it's on film, mm-hmm. and they have distributed copies on other mediums. It is three. Okay. So, anyway, so the Ida pulls it forward, right? Yeah, they hypnotize and it, Yes, and talk about the hypnotism. They're going through this big rigmarole, like, because Vincent thinks, like, he says that it's more humane. Like, he doesn't, like, she's just, like, slit her throats and be done with it. And he's like, no, like, it, it needs to be humane. And so he takes off their burlap sacks and places, like, these hypnotizing things in front of them. And is like, hey, we're going to Mars. Uh, I'm going to count backwards from 10. We're going to go to Mars. Uh, put on your space seat belts. And that's when they put the noose around their necks. And they're like, all right, we're taking off. Three, two, one, blast off. And then that's when she drives the tractor forward and snaps their necks. So that's the thing. So it snaps their necks, right? Mm-hmm. How does it snap their necks? Because the next minute he pulls forward. Uh-huh. And pulls them out. Yep. How does that work? Why Why does it snap their neck in one moment and then pulls them out the next? Well, their necks have already been snapped. They can't re-snap their necks. That's true. But wouldn't it decapitate them? Not necessarily. Yes, I thought the same thing, but who cares? Why are you nitpicking this great movie? You're nitpicking three or four. You're nitpicking three or four no, I'm people. I'm nitpicking you because no. you're wrong and I'm right. No. Anyway. Not nitpicking the movie. <laughs> but yes, I noticed that as well. Uh, so then they go to uh, start doing their uh, their their cleaning, right? I like you have a mix of digital and analog notes here going on. You like that? Yeah. That's what I do. Uh so they start cleaning him, right? And then we kept Bruce show up, and it turns out Bruce isn't on the level with these guys. No. I realized this a little bit earlier, but I 100% thought at the beginning of the movie, and I, I was, think yeah, I was with you. that uh, that he was in on this. He's not. He's mm-hmm. more disturbed, I think, almost than Terry, that his yeah. brother has been cannibalizing people. Mm-hmm. He's, go, I, he's all like, I got to go save that girl I tried to rape. <laughs> That's exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's and, it's sad when you put it in that light. Like he seems like a hero until you point that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he goes and tries to save her, and Ida uh, knocks him out and steals Terry back. And so that's when they show Terry like how the sausage gets made, literally. Uh, and it's people. And this is when he tells her like, "Hey." Uh, there are, too, there are too many people, not enough food. This solves both problems. And she's like, you're a monster. Uh, and we get our big climactic battle, which I didn't expect this movie to turn into a movie that ends with a chainsaw battle. No. Uh, and I care less for the chainsaw battle as I do Farmer Vincent's like transformation into like this awesome villain. Yeah. Like uh, his outfit is just punctuated so great by a pig head. Mm-hmm. And it looks fucking awesome. Yes. He's just like, well, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to live it. I'm going to fulfill, I'm going to be the monster that they think I am. 
And he comes out with a chainsaw and a pig's head. Yep. And uh, Bruce and Vincent go battle back and forth. And then the thing that's kind of cool about this, and I wish that Bruce were a little less rapey in the movie because I'd feel better about him. Mm-hmm. But so he ends up gutting uh, Vincent with a chainsaw. And then yeah. as, as soon as like he wins this battle, yeah. he's like kind of distraught about it. He's yeah. like, I just fucking killed my brother with a chainsaw. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of upset. Yeah. Like it's it's very human. Yeah. And we get the best last line from a villain certainly we've ever had in this podcast. <laughs> which he says, I have a confession to make. I used preservatives. Yes. <laughs> and then he dies. Yes. Hypocrite. Mm-hmm. As much as self, self-admitted hypocrite. Yeah. Uh. Terry and uh, Bruce walk out. They're the victors. Mm-hmm. She says, this motel is evil. Motel hell! Bah, 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 bah. The O explodes. <laughs> <laughs> what, and then also, like, <laughs> the very, like, I think it might be, like, the la- one of the last lines of this movie is Bruce uh, giving us his backstory of... Man, I'm glad I ran away from this town yes, when I was 11. Exactly, yeah. Wow, that's new information. So, Credits. Were, so were they setting up for a sequel, maybe? Like, <laughs> I didn't know what that was about. That seemed like I have the benefit of of, of this being that is 40 years old, but that's the, what it is, right? It's 100%. No, that's the writer going, oh, shit, we made him the brother. Like, how does he not know? Oh, he moved away when he, he left when he was yeah. 11. No, they were setting it up. Bruce was going to come back in the next one and be having taken over Vincent's uh, jerky factory. Anything else from Motel Hell, Justin? No, it was it was good. I feel like, uh, not my favorite, I can see how it could be somebody's favorite. Uh, I feel like I wanted to see more beef jerky and less courting between Farmer Vincent and Terry. Um, but uh, the final battle uh, and the the boss of the pig head is, is worthwhile. Mm-hmm. I also, do. just great cast, great acting. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see more fritters. I want to see more fritters. Like until the very end, they're literally just like heads in the dirt. They're not interesting. What's interesting out of the characters who are creating them? I don't mean actually seeing them. I want to see their interactions with them and what they're doing with them. That's what I want. Justin, you want food ink, but Motel Hell edition. Yes, exactly. I want to. <laughs> I want to know what's in my fritters when I'm having them. Uh, Swarm of the Snakehead or Motel Hell? Uh, that would be Motel Hell. I would agree on this one. Next week. Next week. First movie for next week, Justin. This is a first for us. We've never done anything so crazy. What? Uh, crazy, you say? Crazy. What? First movie. And I'm going to play this game, too. I never get to play this game, mm-hmm. other than last week, <laughs> when I get to guess what it is. But I've not seen this movie, so oh. first movie. Uh, this is A New Nightmare from the Mind of Academy Award winner Jordan Peele. Us. Yes, uh, so we're going to the theater. We're going to the theater. Remake me on the road. Yeah. <laughs> Like, just down the street. Yep. Yay. Yay. Uh, yeah, it's the new uh, 
Like I, I, I don't think I've seen a trailer. I, I think I've seen like twenty seconds. I don't watch trailers. So I've seen a couple images of trailers that are just like in my newsfeed. Yeah. So I haven't. I, I'm. I don't watch any trailers, let yeah. alone something that I want to see so bad. And so, like, we know it's Jordan Peele. We know he has said like he's got a few of these movies in his mind that are like racially racial horror movies. You well, know? he hasn't assisted racial. He might have, but he said, I know he was saying like social thrillers. Okay, yeah, social thrillers. Yep. Uh, so th- this is another one of those, it yep. seems like. Um, so what are you expecting from this movie? It to be good. Okay. <laughs> there to be black people. Okay. That's pretty much it. So th- I have those expectations. It's probably not if Beale Street could talk. Uh, I feel like there's... Uh, so one of the posters is like a... Per- uh, person pulling their face off to reveal another face i haven't seen that so i feel like this is and the couple images that i've seen feel very home invasiony like mm-hmm. i've seen like a, a silhouette of a person backlit right which feels home invasiony i have no idea that that's the case um but there also seems to be a degree of of figurative like I can only interpret that as a figurative mask that you're wearing to hide your true identity, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that it's going to be some sort of racially charged uh, concept of me versus what I really am type okay. thing with a horror setting. Yeah. Um, and I try not to have expectations, but I am so pumped for this movie, dude. You know how much I love Get Out, one of my favorite movies of all time, yeah. a total masterpiece. Uh, it us still has a hundred percent rotten tomatoes rating right now nice which get out did for the longest time also Mm -hmm. um so i'm so excited and i'm just i'm not even excited for me like i'm rooting for jordan peele like everything that i've so far has said like this is how you avoid a sophomore slump this guy has it like and i'm rooting on him for him so bad and like i love the idea that as a horror guy Mm -hmm. that like horror has like this new unique voice that is saying something that is breaking the mainstream that's relevant like everything about this i'm excited about so like him and john krasinski um (laughs) yeah (laughs) but is it's so i'm this isn't a knock yeah like i feel like peel is like has said like i am a horror guy oh yeah i am making horror shit like yeah i might have done this funny stuff but really what i was doing is i was fucking watching gremlins 2 500 times Mm -hmm. Krasinski, I think, made a good movie in the horror genre. Yeah, but I don't think he's a horror guy necessarily, is he? Oh, I, I doubt it. I, yeah, I don't. It's not. I'm not complaining. But like, yeah. you look at some of the best horror films ever have been made by people that aren't horror fans, and I think that's a good thing. Like, you've got Jaws with Spielberg. Uh, uh, you've got uh, The Exorcist, mm-hmm. right? None of those. The neither of those are horror guys. Yeah, but they're fantastic movies. Um, honestly, I think you, this, these might be fighting words, but I think some of the best horror movies of all time are ones that you're just like, is that really a horror movie? Like there were maybe some horror yeah, elements. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that. And I think some of the best are from the person that's like, isn't, this is what I love. This is my genre. Let right. me be Rob Zombie to come up with my next horror movie. Mm-hmm. It's. I'm a competent director yeah. that wants to say things. I have a scary movie to tell. And those end up turning into a lot of times the best movies. And I think that's probably Krasinski's thing. He's not necessarily a horror guy, but he yeah. had an idea for a horror movie. Well, I, 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 he just directed it. I don't think he wrote it. Um, but yeah. 
Like I think he just re- it resonated with. I think it resonated with him because it was about family, and the fact that it's a horror movie like is secondary to the fact that it's just a movie about a family. Yeah, I would agree with that. But that's what it turns into. You know, I doubt that the exorcist was necessarily because it was an exorcism movie. Mm-hmm. It was like a family trying to deal with a sick kid. Yeah. I'm putting words in Friedkin's mouth at this point, but <laughs> yeah, it's like alien, right? That's, that's space horror, but like it's, it's horror, but it's not horror first. It's a story and it's characters being told through horrifying like going through horrifying things yeah i would agree as opposed to swarm of the snakehead which the concept was killer fish yeah nothing else exactly okay uh so we got us for this week for next week second movie second movie this is a hundred percent going off of me uh knowing the movie is called us and thinking it might be a home invasion movie okay so we got us and the film nears perfection in almost every aspect says the director uh it's called them (laughs) and on the front are just people in hoodies uh and the only one that i can tell skin color is white so you know it's not commonly what you think about young men in hoodies. Uh, yeah. Is your go-to is young black men in hoodies? It's the the stand your ground case in Florida and things like that. I know like a lot the of people, Trayvon, Martin. Trayvon Martin. Yeah, I know that, but I didn't him for being you know wearing a hoodie and stuff. And it's really stupid. I mean, I knew they do that, but I didn't know that the assumption was that if you're wearing a hoodie, you're African American. I think it's like black people shouldn't wear hoodies because that makes them more scary. And they're already scary enough just by being black men. Well, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Which I think is the second part of the sentence that everyone means, but no one knows that that's what yeah. they mean. I'm already scared enough of you just by existing. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be even scarier. Good. So what is that? What are we going to see with them? Uh, I'm going to assume that it's because... the. If you look back in the very background, it looks like there's a home that perhaps they will invade. Uh, other than that, that's because that's what you told me it was. I'm going to tell you that it's probably that. Uh, I've never seen that. I don't know. There was <laughs> as soon as uh, as soon as I knew we were, I wanted to watch us. Mm-hmm. I was like, we got to watch them. And there's a 19 like 54 movie about giant ants called them with an exclamation mark. Dude, that would have been way better. Uh, it's not streaming anywhere, and the Blu-ray is uh, like twenty-five dollars. So I wasn't gonna—I've never seen it, so I wasn't gonna invest. You know, yeah, I wasn't gonna buy that. So I found this movie, which is Spanish subtitled. I think like it's originally called like Isla, uh, but it looked like it had a lot of good reviews, and it's some sort of horror home invasion genre type thing. And I was like, we have to have an episode titled "Us" and versus them. them. <laughs> so. Justin, what are you what are you going to prefer next week, us or them? Uh, I mean, despite how good them is, I really hope that I enjoy us more. Yes, I'm so so excited for us. I can't tell you how excited I am. Yeah, really looking forward to it. Me too. Justin, what else you got for us? I use 
preservatives. <laughs>